I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head, I could do my own internal, like yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears, I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I work with women worldwide, assisting them in having an empowering and natural birth experience, and to truly claim their birth as a rite of passage. I offer online one-on-one sessions, packages and online courses for the conscious mamas who don't want to leave their birth up to chance. If you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then please visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com or connect with me on Instagram as the underscore spiritual underscore midwife. Now, if you love this podcast, then please consider taking a moment right now and leave a review. They mean the world to me and is also your way of helping me reach more women around the world with these natural and empowering birth stories. Together, we are changing the birth narrative one birth story at a time. Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Holly. Holly is a mama of one from Wales. She is a small business owner who loves organic gardening and hiking in the Welsh mountains. In today's episode, Holly shares about her extensive preparation for a natural and positive birth experience. And while preparing for a long first birth as a first-time mama of 37, she ended up having a fast and unassisted birth in her polytunnel, or greenhouse if you, like me, don't know what a polytunnel is. Holly followed her body's wisdom and whispers and labored in birth mostly by herself. She contributes her fast, natural birth to the knowledge she gained through listening to endless birth stories throughout her pregnancy. Curious about Holly? Find her on Instagram as Holly May's Good Life. And as always, I'm here to support you in having your most empowering birth experience you can have. In the show notes, you can download my free six steps on how to have a natural and empowering birth. Hi, Holly, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you? Yes, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I really appreciate having a platform to share my positive experience. Um, I know so many people don't have positive experiences, so I'm really happy that this is an official way to do so. <laughs> and it just, yeah, it feels really right. So thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm very grateful to have you on. So 
did I take it right that you're actually from Wales? That's right. I think I, you're my uh, first Welsh person then. Oh, that's amazing. First person <laughs> from Wales. So, uh, yes. yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely amazing. Um, hello, Paul Bunkumbri. <laughs> that's hello everybody in Wales in Welsh so if we have any more Welsh Welsh listeners that's amazing Love oh that's great that. yes I've had from Ireland I've had from Scotland I've had from obviously England but yeah um that's awesome I love that <laughs> so with no further ado let's dive on into your story so tell us about falling pregnant what were your thoughts what were your, yeah. what was your plan was it consciously conception happening or was it uh whoopsie daisy oh thank you so uh, we just had so much fun trying to get pregnant <laughs> I know it just sounds um yeah it was it was actually quite stressful because it took a while um or what I consider a while but I realise now that the times weren't right and I realise now that I fell pregnant at the right time for the right reasons and yeah it 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 just it was great I think it took nine months of you know not trying but you know definitely not not trying if you know what I mean and um yeah so it was I was trying to be a bit healthier but I didn't necessarily understand the importance of, of really respecting your body even before conception and now mm. I have done so much more research into that uh, I think I would do things slightly different um, but yeah it was great and I got pregnant and at first I was very very happy to have a hospital birth and um, I was just thinking right I'll just do what everybody else does and you know just kind of get on with it Um, but then I started talking to mums in the area Um, I went through this app which was you know getting people with the similar type uh, of experiences so you know those who maybe like walking or are interested in nature so I found some mums in a local community through this app and um, we just started talking about different things and so I started to learn that it's not necessarily the done thing always to, to you know have, have birth in a hospital so early on I never really thought much about it but the more I kind of looked into it and talked to these mums I realized well actually I don't have to have a hospital birth and then the more research I did if I delved even more into the research and then I realized actually it's better for me not to have a hospital birth um and so I spent a significant, a, a huge amount of my time in the second trimester researching birth and understanding how I can get my perfect birth. Now, I knew that it's possible. I've been listening to your podcast all the way through. Um, I, I just, I literally, I knew it's possible. And having those birth experiences in my head every day when I was taking my dog for a walk, um, I was like, I want this birth. I want, I want not this birth as in any particular birth, but I want a positive birth experience. Mm. And I need to figure out how to get there. And the first step was to just listen to positive birth stories. You know, go onto um, the computer and look up positive birth videos. 
And the more I delved, the more I wanted to know. I then started to want to know negative uh, birth stories because I wanted to know, right, if this happens, what what would I do? Or how, how would I choose? And I, I literally just put myself into this mindset when I was pregnant of learning everything that I possibly could, just understanding every eventuality and not putting my, as they say, putting my head in the sand for anything at all. Mm. And so I researched everything that there was a book, the Positive Birth Book, which I just referenced to all the time. Um, and you're, I just, I can't, I can't scream this podcast praises enough. I'm so sorry. Like I just have to keep saying that the, the fact that there was positive birth stories in my head all the time um, just allowed me to just have this positive space and this motivation to grab and go out there for this um, this positive birth. I um, I spoke to many people who have my age, and I'm now, how old am I? I don't know, 36, 37. And I know, I don't even know. It's not important. Age is <laughs> not important. It's not important. Absolutely. <laughs> Praise that, sister. Age is not important. I think that's such an important point what you're doing because, you know, what you're saying right now, because in our maternity system, past 35, you're geriatric. Like you're actually termed geriatric as a mother, which let me tell you, everyone's listening. It's not about your age. It's about your health. It's about, you know, your body. It's about your genes. You know, it's not about the age and you don't, your womb doesn't go, whoops, now I'm old. You know, it totally depends on your genetics, especially actually your genetics, but also obviously how you've lived and, you know, all of that. But, you know, you can't choose your genetics. That's actually the most, you know, that we would look at more so than your number. It's true. It is true. And when when I started to speak to friends who are similar age, who are having babies, and you know other people whose daughters or sisters or friends, all of them having hospitalised births with interventions, and the big I word, where people are just being induced because mm. they've measured a belly and it's too small, or they've measured a belly and it's too big, and I, I, I like some of the reasons I just like wow you're willing to allow somebody to force a child who's not ready to come out of you mm. out of you mm. and the pain and the trauma that that child will suffer with mm. the baby the you know oh my goodness me and I just think oh my goodness yeah. <laughs> this is why I'm so happy to be here because I just don't feel I can share mm. that with others because it's such a yeah a taboo to talk about it with yeah. people who just want to listen to the hospital or the doctors <laughs> I know it's a real um it's an induction epidemic happening around mm. the world right now and the trust in the medical establishment is really great when it comes to this but to be fair a lot of the inductions that are done throughout the world right now are not medically indicated at all. And it is an epidemic. Way too many babies are forced out way too early. Both mom and baby suffer from this. And I, I think no. it's important that you're sharing this and that we're talking about it because women need to understand that you have a choice and not just to take 
this trend that is right now to induce early as a given for you, but to question it and to look at the benefits and the risk and the alternatives. And sometimes, actually few of the times, it is very much needed medically, but most of the time it is not. And you need to yeah. be brave enough to ask questions and absolutely and do your due diligence and inform yourself. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I I began to become obsessed in my second trimester with having a positive birth experience. And I was so much so that there was there would be no way, even at 44 weeks, that I would that anybody would induce me. Like that's just how I felt. Now it's not like it's not the same for everybody. It's just I was just so in belief of my own body, so in belief, and I believe that it's that belief that allowed me to have the journey that I did. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to talk about the fact that I had emotional support as well. Um, so my partner and I had different understandings of what a safe birth is and I think it's um, other other people may have experienced this where partners have different understandings or, or you know beliefs of how things should happen so at first my partner was very much hospitals are safe that's where you know I, I would like my child to be delivered in a hospital and even mentioned the c word as well without even knowing much about it um uh, but what we did, we decided to get a doula on board. Um, and Gemma is happy for me to use her name, the hypnobirthing doula, Gemma. And she she came and we had an amazing chat. And she's very science-based. She used to be a midwife. And she, she was just amazing. She had a, a really good approach because my partner, he's from a science background. Mm. So that really, really helped because he would listen to her we'd go on this journey together we'd have you know a whole evening just chatting in a room all of us and obviously I wanted to get as much out of it as possible so I'd be preparing in advance asking her questions in advance Mm. and going into really some depth um and it just it was amazing so yeah having a doula on that emotional journey of Mm. getting my partner on the same wavelength Mm was just amazing um yeah and i think that that's something that actually is very common what you just shared and that's definitely my experience that when families employ me they the woman might have had a desire already to maybe have a home birth or maybe a birth center birth but their partner is very much set on hospital birth Mm -hmm. and then in our conversations and in our talks about you know actually what the research is saying and if you are a low-risk mama and baby and you know that actually having a home birth or birth center birth is as you mentioned in many regards because of the over medicalization actually safer for mom and bub and I can't even tell you to a like to 90 I would say 99 percent of the time the dads totally change their minds and they've done their own thinking and research but after the birth that gratitude and the (laughs) awe and the just they become the most strongest home birth advocates ever like everyone I can't tell you there's not one dad that's not having experienced 
a natural physiological birth, they click on and they realize, oh, now I get you. Right. He's never been so proud. He was he was just like, wow. I mean, we'll talk about yeah. it. But, <laughs> but um, yes, like I would really recommend having, um, a, you know, talking to somebody like yourself or anybody in the local area that, mm. um, you know, and, and, and making sure that you gel with that person, with, mm. the, with that emotional support, the doula or whoever you've chosen, because I think that's important. Mm. Um, but yes, so it was it was great. And I was listening to all of these negative birth stories from friends, et cetera, et cetera. And I was going to say, all... where did you find the negative ones? Did you search for a podcast called oh, Negative no, Birth no, Stories? They were all, yeah. they were all hospital. Yeah. Um, they were all, you know, like literally intervention after intervention after mm. intervention. Had to stay in, came out of hospital, had to go back mm. in. Imagine having to put your, oh my goodness me. Imagine having to just go through that as a person and a baby back and forth to hospital when you've just given birth. <laughs> I just it just must be awful for them. Um, so yes, I think listening to those negative ones, and I just also want to say, as part of the research, I try to find positive induction stories as well. And there's not many. There really isn't that many. Mm. Um, and I suppose, yeah, I'm just anti or scared of. I've never had an induction, so I don't know. So. Mm. But there is that. Yeah, I think I have supported women who, for an actual medical reason, having had to have a, an induction and have had great outcomes with them. I think even, you know, I think you always need what you just said, you know, a a very... Well, emotionally supportive support group around you, whether that is home, birth center, you know, hospital, but even more so if you are going into the hospital, you very much need someone who is, even if it is medicalized in some way, way, shape or form, have it as physiological as possible, have it as safe, emotionally, spiritually, culturally as possible, Um, you know, just minimizing the feeling of it being so very but, medicalized yeah. you know the other benefit of having somebody there to emotionally support you is to protect your space that's it oh even more so yeah. at the start of having these conversations with with our doula I was like so what will you be doing she'd be like I'll be doing nothing yeah. <laughs> I'll be there to protect your space <laughs> whatever you want if if this is in the birth plan I'll you know and if you've said you wanted this I'll, I'll ask you to question it and you know, so like you said, even more so having somebody there to emotionally support you in the hospital, like just mm. absolutely. And so, very much be that safeguarding. Um, that's it. You know, you chose a doula who had, has been a midwife. You know, I support families in a similar way. Obviously, I am a midwife, but, um, you know, away from the medical role, I actually am a spiritual midwife for families as well. So very much similar to a doula, but obviously just like your doula, having a wealth of knowledge far beyond that. Um, and a person like your doula, for example, or me in this case, we know the ins and outs of the system, like really. And we truly know what is necessary and not. And we can protect in a totally different capacity in those spaces, which, you know, knowing what I know now after so many years, um, I know that we need to protect women actually in the hospital from a lot. Absolutely. 
of what is done on routine. And you're not emotionally invested either. So you don't make the the judgment calls which aren't based on do you know what I mean? So you're you're not it's not happening to you. So you can kind of take a step back and, and see it from a more objective point of view. Yeah. So uh yeah, rather than acting on emotion, if you know what I mean. So that's another mm. anyway, huge, huge advocate for support because obviously um I I don't, you know, the healthcare system in this country is very, very strained. And I chose to spend money on having that support to have an amazing outcome, which was, yeah, which we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah. So let's dive on in. It sounds like you chose a home birth. I did. Yes. So I chose a home birth. And what's so amazing is I was very, very lucky with my midwife. Um, she, as in, we had very, very different views. <laughs> but I was lucky because I had her all the way through. Mm. Now, she did try and get me to um, think about hospital, but she also, even though she was very hospital, pro-hospital, she also said, well, let's plan for a home birth because you can always say no. You can always go to the hospital. We can always call the ambulance. You know, there was oh always that. I mean, assuming then, that you wanted that yeah yes okay. yes but by then I mean I was just like just like do your measuring please and <laughs> uh <laughs> well <laughs> I, I I'm not going to the hospital <laughs> I mean you know if something went wrong I would because yeah, yeah, I would be ill and needed to go to hospital but Definitely. you know so yes yeah, so I planned a home birth and I really, I wanted to feel connection to nature. Mm. Um, it was this, I was due in the summer and I just, um, my family have helped me erect a, a polytunnel, which is quite big. And I like to grow things. Now, I just wanted to be there. I just wanted to give birth in somewhere where I felt safe and somewhere where I had a connection. Mm. And the polytunnel just felt right. Um, so is that like a greenhouse is that the same thing uh, it, yes yeah yes so it's it's like hoops with um like a, a polythene sheet over and it's an, an effective way to heat up the ground so you can grow grow crops mm. um because it's only just been been put up I had the space to to kind of like have a little birthing area there mm. and so that's what we decided I think everybody was just like, oh, she'll end up going to the hospital. Da, 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 da. And there was a little joke going on around, you know, whoever knew, there's just no way, you know, that she's going to give birth in a polytunnel. But I was dedicated to this. And, um, you know, I got my birthing pool and made sure that my partner had lists of everything of what to do and what to get ready and et cetera. And I tried to plan it as much as I could. Um and then I had, um, I'd planned like some kind of birthing suite for myself inside the house and just thought if I want to give birth inside the house that I can. And I just wanted to make sure that I'd given myself as many different options as possible because this was the first time I've been going through, I'd be going through this and I don't know when it's going to happen. So I wanted to make sure that as soon as it did happen, right everything can kind of be be sorted and so my partner he always had you know this, these lists out knew what he was doing as soon as it happened um 
And so I think from about 35 weeks, I had quite a few Braxton Hicks. Um, I had, yeah, maybe three or four big bouts of them. And I mean, you know, at first you think, oh, is this is this pre-labor or what is it? Um, but it turned out not to be anything in particular. It's just um, your body practicing, you know. Yeah, it's just your body absolutely. doing its thing, increasing the oxytocin receptors and, you know, practicing those muscles and everything. It's all normal. That's it. And so when I started to feel those, um, I started to uh, up the, the raspberry tea and start taking, uh, eating loads of dates. And I started to walk a lot. Um, I started to really research at that point what to do to try and not not progress labour, but, mm. but what, what would a healthy person do mm. normally without the whole, you know, the, the modern sit back, relax, don't do anything yeah. situation. What would a, a healthy body do in nature? You know, try to mimic nature. So I was always sitting forward, always trying to to do things, always walking on, you know, rocks and just being as active as possible. And so I just knew that I just knew that he would be coming early. I just I don't know why, I just knew and I was just completely obsessed with just being on the birth ball, doing inversions, doing just being with myself. I I think after those breast Braxton Hicks came, I just went completely in myself, didn't want to speak to anybody else. I was just like, right, what does my body want to do next? Um and you know, people talk about hypnobirthing a lot, and I'm sure it works for other people. It was it was more than that for me. It was more just do, just kind of just just do whatever you, whatever feels right. Mm. And so, I think at 39 plus five, I think it was, uh, I went to bed, and then the strangest thing happened. I was on my side, and then I felt a pop. <laughs> I was like. Have I been kicked down there? And I was like, I know that the baby's head's down. I know that the baby's in a perfect position. I just knew. And and I was like, what is that? <laughs> and it must have been my water's breaking. Must have, must have been. Because after that, I just started having contractions. Mm. Um, I don't know, have people ever ever heard or felt a pop for you? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. But did you feel <laughs> did you feel any waters though? Did you feel any fluid come out? There was a little there was a little bit, yes. But yeah. not the whole dramatized yeah. you know, <laughs> no, gushing absolutely. On the floor. There's yeah, women, some women definitely feel it and hear it as well as a pop. And and you know, for some there's a big gush. It could have been like a pop that um was more of a hind water leak you know that just leaked mm. a little bit like not everyone just has this massive gush it can be just a little trickle as well we're all different aren't we mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so I was like this is exciting and because this is what goes in my head because this is what uh, my doula says oh exciting really amazing this is exciting and um and so I come downstairs and I tell my partner, I was like, I think, you know, because I, I had, I, I didn't think anything of it, but I, I had a few contractions and I knew that they were different. So I told my partner and he was like, right, I'll get ready. And I was like, no, 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 it, it's okay. Um, n- you know, 
I've listened to a lot of birth stories. This is going to be a long journey. Let's both get some sleep. I said, let's, mm. let's everybody get some sleep. It's very important that we get sleep in advance. Listen to all these birth stories. That I knew what to do. Try to get some sleep. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my goodness, this is really ramping up. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, within half an hour, an hour, I was having three quite intense contractions within 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt I needed needed to time them, so I did at first. Mm. But then by the time I, you know, I realised this is not pre-labour, you know. And so I was like, right, I think it was about an hour after I'd gone back to bed. I, I said to my partner, who was luckily still up, okay, you know, this is it. So, you know, potentially, shall I call the midwives? Yes, shall I call the midwives? No, don't call anybody. Please don't call anybody. <laughs> Just let the Zula know. She'll know what to, you know, she'll know not to come. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and then there's an amazing video that he took of me on the birthing ball during labor, which is just great. It's just me like, don't know what's happening. It's, but, you know, it's getting quite intense. Um, but it ramped up so quickly. Um, I spent my time doing inversions and downward dog and on a birthing ball and basically just in a zone. And I was completely on my own. My partner was prepping this birthing pool in the polytunnel. And by the time, I don't remember him being there at all, but I remember screaming for him to come and squeeze my hips. I was like, you must squeeze my hips, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze hard. And, I was, and the relief was just amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think this is why I really encourage people to do preparation in advance because mm-hmm. we've done some, some movements. It might not work. It, it, it'll be completely different for everybody what, what helps, right? But for yeah. me, squeezing those hips, it was like those the contractions just, oh, it was great. Yeah, it helps a lot of women. Like I would say most women it like hip it. squeezes. Even the ones who don't want to be touched, hip squeezes does relieve for many. That's yeah. it. And I think at one point, my I, it, it just ramped up so quickly. My partner was like, right, let's put a TENS machine on. As soon as it went on, I was ripping it off. You know, I was, you know, leave me alone. Rah, rah, rah. And then I remembered afterwards, you know, what the doula had said. <laughs> she was like, it only works on the early stages. Um, yeah, like, it really does. You know, it really, it, it, it can work for longer if it starts early. That's like if right. you get it on like the first contraction, really, for you, yeah. as it started very much bang for you um you have to get it early otherwise you miss that you miss it mm-hmm. miss the benefits. Mm. that's right so it ramped up okay and then all of a sudden obviously I've been listening to loads of both positive birth stories and I can't stress this because I just felt like he needed to come down and because I felt this inside of me I knew exactly what to do as well. I I was, instead of having my knees in, I had my knees out. And I literally, in one contraction, he came, He I knew he'd come out. I just, I just knew it was a slight push from my body. I didn't do anything. And I was like, right, he's engaging. Like he's ready to rock and roll. Um, and then, yeah, I just remember rolling around, up and down, doing inversions. And then all of a sudden, Oh, 
it was like a transformer, you know, that those toys, the transformers where they where they shake and then they transform into something completely different. That's how I felt my hips were transforming, getting ready to 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 kind of you know birth the, my son. And so that happened and I had this most amazing contraction. The pushing contractions were amazing in comparison to the, the belly ones. So after he'd engaged, I was having these pushing contractions. I was like, wow, I just felt so primal and such, oh, it, I'm just getting goosebumps just thinking about it. It was absolutely amazing. Um, I had like maybe three of these pushing contractions and then I felt the head. <laughs> so are you still in your house at this point? I'm still in the house. I'm in my birthing suite, which was basically a shower curtain with a birthing ball. <laughs> oh, okay. um, so do you live in the polytunnel? No, this was this was in the house. So I'd arranged for myself to have an area in the house oh. as well as in the as well the polytunnel, which was maybe 20 steps outside maybe 20 to 30 so it sounds like your story that this is going very fast how like how what are we talking about so the contraction started at 10 45 and by one o'clock I was pushing wow that is so quick and nobody was there um my partner was trying to get the, the the polytunnel sorted um and of course doula was like this is great you know do your exercises do your breathing obviously thinking it's going to be a long time and you know and we all know that if people are here unnecessary it might slow things down that is so true Holly like so it is that thing that as birth workers we tend to be like okay great you started just you know I always tell my mama's going like you know call me when you don't feel like you can be alone anymore or like when you when you feel like or if you don't feel safe but that might mean also for a very long time for some people absolutely you know um but sometimes it goes quick yes it did I remember thinking how do people put up with this for 24 hours and then I realized that it wasn't it wasn't like that for me it was a different experience Do you want a natural birth mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you like many other women realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready, body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then the Natural Birth Course 
is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. Um, and so I then moved into the toilet, which was my favorite place, the whole bathroom. My bathroom was my favorite place at that point because I wanted to. And because I was at home, I could. Mm. And I was on my own and I could make as much mess and scream as much as my, uh, I wanted. And and I'm not talking pain scream. I'm talking amazing. Just do what I want scream, you know. Um so I was on the toilet and I know from your, a lot of people who you've interviewed that that's a good place for a lot of people sometimes. I think maybe after the sixth, I had, I kept, I kept feeling him and I could feel something on his head. And I don't know if it was the cord. I don't know if it was his hand, but I was on my own and, um, I was feeling this and I kept pushing him back in at this point, by the way. Um, I think it was about quarter past one at this point. Kept pushing him back in, half past one. For ages, kept pushing him back in and was in why, the toilet. Why did you want to push him back in? Yes, I I felt I needed to. Um, mm. there's, a, there's a few reasons. I felt I wanted the doula there. Um, I also, I never had any thoughts about having the midwife there I don't know why I mean it's just how I felt I felt I wanted the, the doula there um at that point uh later on that changed and I also remember I remember listening to a, a, a birthing so I can't remember who it was it's been it's a while since I listened to yours where somebody kept going upside down which is what I started to do so I started to go upside down and him to come out. I did not want to tear. I have a fear of tearing. Um, mm. In advance, I did I did do a lot of um, massage and uh, relaxation whilst massaging as well to try and really focus um, on not tearing. So, so when you say that, you mean massaging the perineum and the opening yes. of the vagina to Sorry, yes. prepare the tissues. So, um, so. So when you say up that upside down, do you mean bum up in the air and your head down? So kind yeah. of, yeah, to slow things down. That's what you were that's doing. Mm. So um, I, I got myself into this rhythm of being in the bath. Um, and because I listened to another uh, birthing story about somebody's knees really hurting, I got my uh, partner to roll me a towel, you know, because I'd listened to all of these birth stories. I knew what I wanted. It was It was just amazing. So I had this huge cushioning for my knees in the bath. I wanted to go in the bath and I was doing downward dog um, during these pushing contractions and, and he was going in. Now, I really believe that me doing this and listening to what my body wanted, nothing was in my head. It was just basically what I thought was best. I really think that really engaged him in the right way, the way that he wanted to come out. Um, that's what my belief is anyway mm, well listening and, deeply to your body like it really mm. sounds like you did you know you just got that embodied knowing that you needed to do this thing with your knees and that's how he dropped down and 
and mm-hmm. yeah just following that is exactly like that is the recipe for birth is to listen to your intuition yeah. your body wisdom absolutely absolutely and so I kept and and all of this whole oh let's check how dilated you are you know I was doing that myself and it was the most empowering thing to feel I mean I didn't know how many fingers I just knew he was a little bit and then a little bit more and then a little bit more um but uh it was it was just amazing and then I was like right I can feel him coming so I was just we've had this horrible conversation with people from the hospital where I did not obviously did not want to speak to them, but they refused to speak to my partner. And so I just basically just said, put the phone down and was just in my own zone. And then my partner spent a lot of the time trying to find the midwives and get them to be here and the doula. And so I was completely on my own. So I was loving it because I was doing exactly what I wanted. There was nobody asking me questions nobody checking on me, nobody going, oh, can I just do this? Nobody with gloved hands, nobody, you know, just doing anything unnaturally. And so I just took myself naked, holding him in, <laughs> wanting this perfect birth, waiting around for the the, 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 the birthing pool to be ready. <laughs> and I even had a contraction on the way to the polytunnel, where again, he 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 almost came out and I just... I kind of went upside down and pushed him. So I, I would have had, you know, given birth to him outside there. And then I remember going into the polytunnel, going into the pool, which was lovely and warm, and then seeing some bubbles. So I was like, oh, I've got to fix these bubbles. And so I remember just focusing on fixing the bubbles. And as soon as the bubbles were fixed, there was a... Um, you know, the lid had come off on the on the birthing pool. As soon as those bubbles were fixed, he came out. I remember his head being out and I don't remember any more contractions. And he just he just came out and I just I held him in shock. And I was like, wow, what just happened? <laughs> and then I remembered because I'd listened to all these birthing stories, all these positive birthing stories, to make sure that his airways were clean. And I was like, oh, okay, yes, there's he's breathing, he's there, he's brilliant. And then again, because I'd seen lots of births and, you know, done my research, oh, his cords around his neck. And because I knew that wasn't a problem, I wasn't scared, I just simply unraveled. And then there we go. He was there and I was on my own. And I was just, I was just like, wow. What are people talking about? It's amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That was, that was it. And and your partner and your doula, where were they? Not there. They um I think there's that photograph of me pulling or you know uh, taking the, the cord away from um from his neck from from around his head, sorry. And um, that was the first the first sight that my doula saw. Mm. As she was the first person in, and my partner was second. And yeah, my partner was gutted. He mm. was he was gutted because you know he'd missed the birth, but he wanted to come on his own. He he wanted, yeah, like 
he wanted me to be on my own and to to just you know he knew that was the safest space so mm. that's what happened <laughs> I remember hearing him actually on the walk to the polytunnel and he was like Holly is he screaming where are you where are you and he'd obviously come to check on me and not found me mm. and I just remember not even being able to answer him just in my own zone it was mm. great mm. <laughs> wow what a fast first birth yes so you started the labor it was very kind of strong from the get-go you were mostly in your house laboring a lot in the toilet because that's where you felt really safe yeah after you did that thing with the knees and he dropped is that when you started feeling the kind of bearing down sensations of actually birthing him and was that then when you contacted your doula to have her come around yeah and so from do you have any kind of time frame around what it took from from that moment until you actually had your baby yes um I had I gave birth around 215 217 mm. and I think at half one was when I started to feel like I wanted to push mm. so it was less than an hour yeah, but there was no forced pushing. Mm. There was never one point where I tried to push. There was no, mm. I didn't do any pushing. Mm. I didn't push. My body did everything. And I think that's so important for women to hear because a lot of, you know, what I've tried to explain to women and, um, and share is that your body, 99% of the time, you'll have this, this force of nature coming through you that will birth your baby if you can allow it to. Yeah. So the only thing you have to learn is to not clench against yeah. or like tighten or hold against. If you actually allow your tissues to move, if you allow this force to come through, the force of birth will birth your baby for you. You don't have to physically push with your strength what you might, some, you know, might experience is that they need to learn how to relax the right way. That's why the toilet is so amazing. That's why I love the toilet, because when you sit on it, you automatically relax the right way for you mm-hmm. to open. And, you know, it's, it's the same as going to the toilet, really. Like, yeah. you know, you, you know, yeah, you have to wait for the urge when you go to the toilet and do number two, don't you? You can't just force that out. <laughs> You have to wait for that urge and it needs to be further down, you know, your colon for it to happen. The same with birth, you know, when it is time, you'll just, you'll just automatically um, do it. Your body does I it I loved you. that stage. I literally, mm. the cramping was hard and I only had what, an hour, an hour and a half, but the, that's that, that, that stage. I mean, I'm not even sure what that stage is called, but it's, it was just, ugh. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the pushing stage or the bearing down stage, whatever you want to say. Yeah. A lot of women say that. Yeah. Yes. And I didn't tear, which is what I wanted. Um, and even if you do tear, um, it, I know people who've had very positive birth mm. stories and they've they've had a you know a small tear and uh, that's okay you know yeah. um but I think it was because 
I kept trying to go up and down. I just wanted to to do that. I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? It is really good to let that stage take time, especially in the end. You know, for it not to go too fast because it gives the time, the tissue, the time to stretch. And for some, it takes a long time to do that. Naturally, that's just how it goes, their labor. For some, it can be really fast and furious. And if it is really fast and furious, especially your first time around when you've never birthed before. So, you know, your tissues are just not used to it. Actually doing what you did, your different ways of slowing it down. I mean, I'm not saying that anyone should push their baby up again. <laughs> But but even doing like the bum up in the air like you did, you know, you can lie on your side, for example, to make it go slower. There's different positions that help to slow it down, right? That's really good. It is good. It gives the tissue time to stretch. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And I think that's that's what happened. Yeah. And then I didn't have such a a, a good time afterwards I mean the midwives arrived 45 minutes after I'd given birth mm-hmm. um so did your then, partner call them and the doula was that what happened or they because they um had to come from different places and then pick up the kit and then come mm-hmm. they uh they took about an hour an hour and I don't even know how long it took them but mm. they arrived 45 minutes afterwards mm. and um, that's why the hospital told my partner to call the ambulance yeah that's their response definitely do not because they knew that the midwives wouldn't be there on time yeah. um, and then they had the res- they had the respect to um, respect my wishes around not wearing gloves because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to make sure that um, that my baby had you know natural environment and and, and people and, and not, not, nothing too sterile. That's just me personally, by the way. I don't know how other people feel. Mm. Um, and they said, "Oh, would you like a a physiological?" third stage and I was like, absolutely it's very very important to me um I did not want any injection to try and get the placenta out and it was the worst time for me and that it was it was it wasn't even that bad um mm. but uh, my baby's friend what I call my baby's mm. friend um was, was not coming out so uh, my baby wasn't feeding um well or as much at the start and there was all these people around as soon as the people were around my body was just like Mm-mm, yeah no way. that's the thing you know it can you yeah. know it can be different reasons it definitely affects you when your environment changes we know that like physiological birth is so affected by disturbances even people you know you know yeah. and obviously the birth of the placenta is still a part of the birth story. A lot of people forget that, that when you've had your baby, it's not done, you know, then then the birth of the placenta happens sometime after. And it's really important to keep that oxytocin high, to keep that very safe, sacred space around you. And sometimes, obviously, new people coming in can disturb that or their energies if they're flustered or stressed or whatever. And maybe there was a little bit of that, maybe from your man and Probably not from the doula, but she's still a stranger coming into your space. Oh, she was um, when she came down. I think I think my partner was like looking for the midwives to try and get mm. them here, and the doula just looked at me. She was like, 
that's a first for me. I've never missed the birth before. She yeah. Said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was just like, "Well done, Mama. Well done." Yeah, um, it, it it was more. My my doula was very, you know, yeah. hands off, and she she left me alone. Mm. Um, she prepared um, a lovely snuggle space for myself to mm. be able to bleed and you know, and to relax at the same time. And the midwives were following me with a bowl. So I had to I say to them, would you mind giving me some privacy with my partner and baby mm. in the same room? And that worked. Um, it took two and a half hours for the placenta to come. Wow. And um, obviously I'd been offered the injection a few times. Mm. And I was like, no, like... Yeah, you want to trust. <laughs> and as long as you're not bleeding, and as long as you don't have any signs that something's wrong, right. there's no stress. You know, yes, your cervix will start to close, but you know, you know, you trust your mama instinct. And the thing is, you had such a fast and furious birth. Sometimes that then then the placenta takes some time because it's such a shock for the body. It was so quick that sometimes the placenta then takes its time to come. Yeah. I was almost certain it's because I was fearful of the injection and so mm. I wasn't relaxed and you know but as soon as soon as we were on our own um I felt the contractions and then yeah I was like right cool this is great <laughs> so it's definitely worth knowing um if anybody's in the same position just give yourself your privacy and it'll be okay so important, <laughs> so important not to feel rushed yeah and, absolutely. Um, yeah and so it just came out with you two together were you snuggling on the bed or yeah we, we were snug we were just yeah the, I mean the rest of the night I was just so in shock like positive shock as well um I didn't sleep at all and just like wow he's amazing and you know I, I think because again another thing about this whirlwind birth I didn't I didn't feel what I thought I might feel with the, wow, I've brought this baby into the world and wow, it's amazing and I love you so much. I didn't feel that at first. Um, and I think it's okay to talk about it because others yeah. might feel the same. That's I felt good. shock. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> I was just shocked. shocked. Yeah. I, I was ready for a long labour. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, we all have different experiences of things. It's always our unique perspective and experience. Sometimes it takes a while to land, you know, and it was so quick for you. It would have been a shock to the system. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. How long did you feel like it took for you to land after that and to maybe also start to feel more like, oh, yeah, here is my baby and like, and I, you know, and you felt connected to your baby. It was a couple of days, definitely. Mm. And I think that's because of the shock. Obviously, never out of my sight, and you know, mm. but but you know, the the really, I, I struggled with breastfeeding as well. I, I must mm. I must say, um, a lot for about three weeks. Mm. Um, but it's the best. It's the best thing now. <laughs> yeah. It's worth it. 
Um, it's yeah, worth it's, persevering. Yeah, oh, and it's absolutely. important that you say that because it is not for everyone an easy journey. But I would say, you know, 99% of the time, if you want to breastfeed and you persevere in those first few weeks, you will breastfeed, you know, and you'll mm. find your way if it is to maybe get some help from a midwife or a lactation consultant or, you know, someone who can assist you if you find your own way. Sometimes it takes a while, you know, it's you and this baby need to find your unique breastfeeding journey. And it will be very different if you have more babies, you know, each baby is different. Just because one baby, you struggle with one, you might just instantly latch with the second one or the opposite. You might have had a great breastfeeding journey the first time. And then the second time it struggles because it's a new human being, with a new, you know, mouth and way and everything. So it is, it is always, it's always different. Yeah. And I think it was that whole, you know, breastfeeding that I was, because again, just like the injection to, you know, for the placenta, I, I knew I wanted to breastfeed mm. and there was no other option for me. Um, I think I'd put so much research into having a positive birth. I hadn't put any research into <laughs> the fourth trimester. <laughs> Yeah, that is, I hear that so often. And that's why I created the nourishing postpartum course, because this is a thing like, you know, and fair enough, you know, the birth is huge. the first time around that is it's natural that that is the main focus. But to have some understanding of the first, you know, month after birth and baby communication and care and breastfeeding, it helps. It helps to have that as well. Just a little bit of knowledge absolutely mm. absolutely <laughs> yeah. wow wow what a incredible birth story thank you yes yeah. it was, it was I, I wanted to do it straight away again as soon as it happened I was like wow this is just great yeah um, it was just yeah just amazing <laughs> which is why I'm so happy I'm able to share it because I feel that it, I don't feel I feel unfair celebrating it to others who just haven't had mm. that experience or I know won't because of their choices and that's a hard thing to say yeah but you know and I, I get people saying to me all the time you know you're you're so lucky mm. you're lucky and actually I might be lucky in the sense of my body is made to birth children and there's nothing you know medically wrong but that's a lot of people I think yeah um, I put a lot of effort in and so sometimes when people say that I'm lucky a part of my brain thinks, well, that's a bit unfair because I did put so much effort in yes. to have yeah. this birth. And in our modern day, for most of us, it takes preparation, understanding, and all of that to actually truly, fully embody trust in yeah. our bodies and also in the great mystery of birth because you can also do all the preparation in the world and still end up having a birth that wasn't what you wanted you know because at the end of the day birth is a mystery and I think we can optimize our chances of having the natural and empowering birth we want 
but it also takes that preparation to fully then also surrender to the mystery that once that con- you know the first contraction comes that is full surrender now to the journey and it is to be unknown we have to be fiercely willing to step into the unknown when we birth if we want to birth naturally as well like deeply trust the process yeah absolutely so if you had a first time mama in front of you right now is about to have her first baby and she really wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience what advice and pearls of wisdom would you give to her it does actually go into that unknown space and be and to not fear the unknown and the way i did that is to prepare myself mind body and soul as much as possible and to know and prepare as much as possible and to listen to good and bad birthing stories and find the pattern of why people have good births why people have traumatic births um i never thought i would say this but preparation absolutely you know there's, there's things you can do for your body mm. you know to strengthen your uterus and to um you know get your hips moving in the right in the right way in the way that you sit in the way that you hold yourself mm. and there's a lot of work that you can do on you know your mind and your soul as well to just mm. believe believe in yourself and believe that we were made to birth and there's nothing wrong with us mm. there isn't and we are we are there this is what we're made for <laughs> we're made to give birth mm. um and as soon as you let go of that fear of the unknown that's when you'll have yeah a much more positive birth experience yeah yeah i agree and also to you know i feel like trusting in the process and in the mystery and the unknown also invites that things might not unfold exactly how you want and you know for example like with your birth you know that it was very quick the midwives came after they might have disturbed your space in the way you know you didn't want to be disturbed and all of that but that was your birth journey there was so much pearls of wisdom throughout that wasn't it and 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 you held your own in that because of yeah. all the wisdom you had from your research right and so you could navigate things not going fully to plan to the best of your desires because you knew you know and that's exactly it because i had listened to a birthing story again i can't remember which one and it was definitely on your podcast about a person's placenta not coming out for ages and ages and she held her space mm-hmm. she held her own and she didn't have to have intervention everything happened lovely and naturally i'd listened to that story i think twice because <laughs> it was an important one for me mm-hmm. and i just knew and i had faith and mm-hmm. you know yeah absolutely absolutely yeah (laughs) and that's it you know that that education is power knowledge is truly power and we can then navigate things because i mean how often does life go to plan (laughs) 
Like it just, birth is really life. And we know that life usually don't go to plan. We can plan for something. We can have a greater outcome or just a different outcome, but usually we never have it exactly to plan. It just doesn't happen in life because a greater knowing knows better. But also things might happen that we didn't want to desire. And with that knowledge, we can navigate that just like you did. And I love that. I love that pearl of wisdom that you just brought to the space. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please consider sharing it. Leave a review or make a contribution on our Patreon page. And if you want to connect on social media, then find the podcast on Instagram as The Natural Birth Podcast. Thank you for listening.